0: Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite.
1: Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor, Dennis Dick. Man, um... What a month! What a start to the year, and not in a good way. We are going to uh digest as best we can uh the the happenings of last week. It was a if you're with us on Friday, very very weak uh session into the end of the week, into the end of the month. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, we have some stats to just you know kind of you know blow your mind about how. How bad a year it's been so far for the stock market and how there's nowhere to hide. Uh, we'll talk about the Warren Buffett um, or the Berkshire Hathaway news over the weekend. The meeting they had there. Uh, a lot of news or at least a couple headliners that came out of that. Bottom line, Buffett did a lot of buying um, in Q1. Uh, we'll talk about the um, earnings week. Big earnings week. The theme of earnings this week is travel. A lot of travel stocks, companies that facilitate travel are reporting this week. That should give us an idea of. Of uh, at least how much people are traveling. Um, but yeah, we are continuing to leak here. Let's just start the show and just get Joel and Dennis on because we, we got a lot to get to. So smash that like. Here we go. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the petty. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. I will bring on Joel here, and Joel will bring on his charts. Joel, good morning. Good morning, Spencer Israel. How are you doing this morning? I'm okay. I feel like you are um, more even keeler than I am I am, this morning. I am yeah. yeah
2: and uh we're gonna have some fun this morning okay I got good, a, I got good, a good. fun segment that um I didn't tell you guys about oh, boy. uh S p Futures they're down 12 handles at 45 15 and a half uh we all know what the number is on the downside uh crude that's down 365 at 10103 trying to stay in triple digits they don't even like gold today gold's down 37 dollars 187470 silver now that was a laggard last week, and now we know why. Down forty three cents at twenty two sixty five. Bitcoin, man, it just doesn't want to give up thirty eight k, no matter what. Up two fifty five at thirty eight five forty. And Ethereum futures, they're up just eight dollars at twenty seven ninety one fifty. We're gonna bring on Triple D here, wow. and Triple D, are you too young? I know Spencer's too young to remember the term "jump the shark." Yes, I. But I, I've seen the the video where that
1: term originated. <clears throat> Way too young, right? That. Right.
2: Okay. Did, you don't remember it, Dennis?
1: No, never. I, heard I, that I've in seen. My life. I've seen that episode, Joel. Never
3: heard that in my life. This must have been when Jaws came out, like in nineteen seventy. <laughs> no,
2: this is when seventy-five. Um, uh, Happy Days, Arthur Fonsarelli. I uh, jumped. It looks like Jaws. Yeah, and and, 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 that, and that's the Fonz there jumping and. A major publication jumped to shark this weekend, and I've been I've been following What does this the publication. expression mean? It means like they, it's over. Like it's like you know, it's like they like I'm. You're not fought, Like the show was over. They were like it was the stupidest thing to do. Was Fonzie jumping to shark? I, 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 I'm
1: going to read you a definition. All right, that was it, the end it, of the, it, show? the. The definition is when something reaches like a new low. In terms of like uh, quality or performance or gimmicks, it's just it's a new low. Like it okay. jumped the shark. It's it, it, what Joel said. It's done.
2: Yes, and yeah. I've been following this publication here.
1: It means From you went too third... far,
2: right? They, they went too go. far. Okay, I've been. I, I I may unsubscribe today. Okay, but well, yeah, I don't okay. know if did anybody did anybody see the cover of Barrons? No, sorry. Did you see the cover? No, of let's Barron's? see it. Okay. Wait. This, what it this, this what is what this is what it, it say?
1: says. You got to hold it up longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. To focus
0: I, I,
3: I can't read it. What does it say? It's hard. To, it's hard to read. Can you read it now? Long, okay, I'm gonna read. How Elon Musk can fix Twitter. He can even save social media. The risks to Tesla are overblown. They're bullish <laughs> Musk. Very bullish <laughs> Musk. <laughs> yes. Long Musk. Okay. Definitely They're long Musk.
2: Okay. So, um, yeah, must maybe. Be the Musk. He could maybe he could fix Twitter. I mean, I would say, okay, I don't know what the risks are to Tesla, right? I'm not a Tesla analyst. And but and maybe he could fix Twitter, save social media. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, the, the bots, and they're talking about how he's gonna get rid of the, the bots are so smart. There's nothing he can do to that platform that you're gonna get rid of the bots. And you're going to get, so I, I've been I'm subscribing this for 30 years. Okay. That's what I think. Really? And, wow, yeah.
3: Joel, That's a bold yeah, statement. That's right it, there. Man.
2: That's, you know, it's like listening to our show, but like a week late, you know, everything. I mean, they do have some good articles, but I saw that and I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a good, I want to read this article. And I read it and I'm like, what are they saying? So they jumped a shark. And I, I'm i just very surprised at that. I mean, just wow, poor journalism. I mean, that's all I yeah. can say. All
1: right. L- let's just talk overall market here. Uh, April was, uh, to put it mildly, a doozy. Um, what were the stats? Stats, uh, pretty brutal. For the S&P 500, it was only the worst month since March 2020, which seems oh, yeah. bad. But 100%. not as bad when you compare it to the Nasdaq Composite, which has worst worst month since October two thousand and eight
3: two thousand eight. Oh, I remember October two thousand eight the financial crisis wasn't
1: fun for stocks. No, no. I mean, we I, I got a gajillion stats, a gajillion charts here. I'll just bring this one up on this. Yeah, let's in see. terms of in terms of the start to the year the, you know the first four, the tape first four months of the year for the S and P worst. First four-month period for the S and P five hundred. I'm sorry, third worst since 1928. 1928.
3: Yeah, the third worst. Uh, not a third good worst. start. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now he now now here here's the good news, right? If you look at the other years, right, uh, they turned it around. Someone turned it around, right? Yeah. But, so maybe so, we
3: got to get bullish here.
1: Anytime you're in the same category as nineteen thirty-two for anything, not great not, not not great, Bob. Don't want to hear
2: those years. No.
1: Um, something like forty-five percent of the NASDAQ uh composite members are down fifty percent, like almost half the index is down, down by down half. Much? Yeah, wow. it's crazy. Wow. So um it's been a pretty rough, it was a pretty rough go of it. Joe and I yep. were there watching uh, you know, uh on stream at the close on Friday and we just could not stop going down yeah
2: what was that like triple d oh, i mean man.
3: it was ugly and i had a feeling that we were gonna rally i was dead wrong man on friday with my feeling i thought we were gonna come i thought we'd come in a bet. and i'm like okay this 420 i think i think we'll find some buyers they just couldn't they just kept hitting i'm hitting i'm hitting i'm hitting i'm, hitting. I'm like tried a few longs i'm like stopped out I'm like, this is what happens. You go and you try your lungs, and you get stopped out because they leadership just keep up going man. Lower. Our
2: leadership, we lost. I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time. Amazon about,
3: was a huge, yeah, yeah. but and, Apple and, held up. And, Apple actually didn't make a new low, and I thought if Apple held up. I thought that maybe the S&Ps could hold up, but not the case. They hammered everything else, and then eventually Apple succumbed as well. But Apple, for a long time, Man. was actually trying to hold green in the morning, Joel. I don't know if you noticed, but Apple I did. dipped off the hop, and then it rallied. And I'm like, okay, this is what I was talking about. I'm like, I'm feeling, you know what, they might actually come in. But then they just slowly started hammering everything else. And then they just eventually started hammering Apple, too. So it didn't matter. if The quarter was fine. Amazon was just on everybody's minds as well, obviously breaking down. And um, I'm looking pretty good now on my Amazon sale, averaged out of 3,100. I took a lot of heat from Twitter when I did that. People said, I'm going to be rebuying that stock at 5,000. I said, I think I'm going to get it back at my 2,200 price eventually. I still think I'm going to get it back at my 2,200 price. I hope I got the guts to buy it
2: there, though. You know what it was? It was a 10 o'clock turn. I mean, you, you, you know. Was there a looked, number at uh,
3: 10? I don't even. I know. Well, well, nothing.
2: I don't know. No. I mean, a lot of times, you know, that first half hour. Yeah. And it was like, oh, we look good. We made a new interday high. And I'm like, wait, what? wait, wait a second. And then it was, you know, it, it was the old 10 o'clock turn. And uh, mm. Apple did, it did hold up for, it was just going down. Right you know, here's the, here's the open, right? It made, uh, made a high. That was just after 10. I know because I I, I was I was watching the S Ps at that point. But you know what? We gotta talk about we gotta talk about this week, man. We gotta talk about what's gonna happen heart. this week. I mean, we know what happened last week.
3: We, we are to talk the, about this week. We we were in the heart, so we, we we're kinda still in the heart of earnings season. There's gonna be oh, over a yeah. thousand companies report. I think it's actually close to fifteen hundred companies reporting this week. Spencer would maybe have those exact numbers, but I mean to, to, to this morning we just had Berkshire over the weekend with their meeting. We talked about that in a few minutes. But really, you know, we got a few reports tonight. Kind of late tonight. There is, you know, there's some reports, with no big names. We're like MGM's going to report. SEDG. There's a few. But then again, a Tuesday you're going to get AMD, Starbucks, Pfizer, and Air- Airbnb. And Wednesday you're going to get into Booking and Uber and Etsy and eBay and Twilio. And Thursday you're going to Shopify and Square and Datadog. You got a lot of higher PE names in here. And that's the concerning thing as well. We kind of went through value tech. Now we're going into growth tech earnings. And growth tech has been absolutely hammered. Expectations are low for a lot of these companies. I mean, sentiment overall in the market is fairly low here as well now. So, I mean, can they say anything? Is there going to be some companies? Can AMD come out Tuesday night and, you know, get over the low bar that the stock has set? Because, I mean, AMD and I own it, bag holding this one. Um, it's been crushed too. I mean, there's just so many stocks been crushed.
2: You know what? I have to say, under normal circumstances, that you're right. It's a big report, big week, earnings reports. I don't think it matters. I think you got a Fed meeting on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. They're gonna go a half. What are they gonna say? Are they gonna get afraid? You know? Are they gonna be bullied by the market? Some people were gonna go
3: seventy five.
2: Yeah. And then, and then Dennis, and then. Jobs number on Friday, you know. What if you yeah. get a big leap in unemployment, you know, and all? all oh no, you know. So then the double whammy, then the the recession fears coming, the so stagflation
3: think, fears yep, start coming.
2: Exactly. So I, I mean, you pay attention to the earnings reports. I mean, if you know, if Apple could have, I mean, Apple had a weird day before its report, but I think on on big good reports, you're going to see people selling pops. And on bad reports, I think they're, they're gonna not be, buying dips. they're not gonna be buying dips. I think this, that's what you're gonna see.
3: This is the root of the problem. You're hitting the nail on the head is off of these earnings reports, the companies that have reported excellent earnings, like Microsoft, was excellent, hold up for a day or two and then eventually they come back down. Yep, I mean well, Visa, let's forget, Visa let's not
1: forget Tesla. Tesla's report was objectively very good.
3: Yeah. And yeah. it's done the same thing. It held up for like three, four days, and then the overall market pressures just break it. So it's like you do report disappointing earnings and you go down, you keep going down, you report good earnings and you bounce for a couple of days and then eventually go down anyways. It's like heads the shorts win, tails the shorts win. It's the kind of market that the shorts are raking in coin and the longs are just getting crushed. I'm feeling in a long-term portfolio. I felt it in April. I'm 50% cash. And I'm like, I'm still getting my ass kicked in this long-term portfolio because I own the Microsofts, I own the Apples. You know, and I own fairly conservative stocks. I own hardly nothing growthy. I did do the AMD, but I mean, there's not a lot of growthy names in there. And I'm still getting killed here, Joel, in the long-term portfolio. You were talking about logging into your long-term portfolio to take a little sneak peek. Oh, it a- gives you the willies. <laughs> I long-term retirement
1: long only accounts. They don't do that well in this market. No, no, they don't. It was—I had to log in just to look something up, and I—I I really didn't want to, but I—I <laughs> I did it for the first time. I only really go in there at the start of the year, right, just to look and see how I did the year before, and uh, so I haven't been in there since like the first week of January. Ooh. And it 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 gave in the willies. It's a little it shock is. factor, a little gut rod, a little bit of like. I, I literally, geez. I had to look. I was like, "Wait a minute, is that is that right?
2: Is that the right account?
1: Did
3: I did I take a withdrawal from that account? <laughs> did I move Ooh. some money?
1: <laughs> boy. anyway, um, it's tough
3: investing environment. It was an excellent trading month. I had a good trading month. I actually can track my stats now, so I did post them to Twitter. Um, which I had never been able to do because I'm primarily prop, obviously, so you can't really do that. But, um, but yeah, so I, I did post those to Twitter over the weekend. If you want, you can take a look. Oh. It was an excellent trading month, but the investing month was ugly. I mean, you don't shorten in your
2: up... investing account. I mean, you know, you don't. Well, and I, but I think it's the right call not to
3: shorten your investing account. I've bought some of these stocks, and I've done very well. I mean, if I was shorting my investing account, I don't think I'd have those thousand percent gainers. Yeah, that's true. I mean. You're supposed to, like, be buying, like like Spencer Israel saying, then you're not looking. And eventually, you know, over the course of 10 to 15 to 20 years, it's supposed to build wealth if you buy good companies at reasonable prices. But right now, it's feeling awful. It's like, oh, you know, I keep thinking Disney's a good deal, so I add a little bit of Disney, Disney. Well, now it's you know continuing to go down every single day everything you buy it's not even disney it's not even it's just any stock really no. now yeah. because we were hiding and it was commodities were doing well and consumer staples were doing well and everything was doing well they've started hitting everything here Joel xlp breaking down where they were hiding before and we we said this and we warned about this that if you were hiding in thinking that you're safe in consumer staples and safe in commodities and safe in everything else, if the bear market gets ugly enough, they will come for those as well. And that is what we are starting to see. Um, with XLP breaking down last week, with XLU quickly giving back, like, like let's oh, talk yeah. about moving XLU from 77 to 71. There's an 8% fall in eight oh. trading sessions in something that people are using as the equivalent of cash. The Cash is the only thing that works. U.S. dollars, not Bitcoin. U.S. dollars are the only thing that will work if it really starts to get ugly. You cannot hide in staples. You cannot hide in commodities. You cannot hide in utilities. If it really starts to get ugly, they will come for all of it.
2: You know what? what? Bitcoin's holding up pretty well. It's now. held
3: up very well, Joe, yeah. and I'm very surprised. And I tweeted out a couple uh, last week, I was like, this crypto wreck is going to be ugly. I still think it's coming. I've sold – I have a little, little piece of Bitcoin left. You know that. I had a big chunk, and then Ethereum, I have a little piece left too, just like a taster, just in case I'm wrong. But for the most part, I'm pretty much out of that stuff because risk assets have been hit. I'm very surprised it's held up well. I do eventually think it's going to break. I think you're going to eventually see – Bitcoin break and I think you're going to see Ethereum break and you know, I think you're going to break crypto as well. Some people are already saying it's already broke cuz it was at 70,000 or 68,000 it's down to 38,000 what do you want? But I mean they're coming for this stuff. This is the nothingness trade, you know. You're literally investing in just numbers and it's the game that somebody's going to see, perceive it as more valuable the next day. But there's no cash flows, there's nothing there. So it's just numbers. So, I mean, I think eventually they come for it, but they haven't yet. So so far, good. so good for Bitcoin holders.
1: All right. Maybe that's a good segue into, into Buffett uh, and, and Berkshire from this weekend because uh, they talked about that, as you would expect, um, a number of headlines. You know, if there's a silver lining here is, uh, to all this negative market talk is that Warren Buffett was doing a lot of buying. In the first quarter, about $40 billion is actually $41 billion of purchases during Q1. So Warren Buffett is buying when there's blood on the streets. All right. Um, what did he buy? What do you buy? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Um, he bought. This is interesting. A lot more Activision Blizzard. <laughs> we joked that. Is he getting into risk risk arbitrage? And apparently he yes is. He, well, he yes. Even mentioned
3: it. That. So, so he,
1: yeah, he talked about this like decades ago. This is a thing they used to do. Like back way back in the day, they used to do risk arbitrage. They don't really do it anymore. But, but they addressed it. So, yes, the answer is they are getting back into it. They, they wow. now own uh, 9.5% of Activision Blizzard. They owned like 1% at the end of the year. So they just increase your stake eight you know ninefold uh in, in, he, in the first four months of the year. He better hope.
3: So here's my concern with Activision Blizzard, and I would sell the pop today if I was an Activision Blizzard at 7740. I know what's the price wait, 95 wait, Dennis, bucks? That's
1: me. Dennis, that's me.
3: I, is it 95 bucks? Yeah. So that's nice to see, but you've got to look at what the appears are doing right now. And EA starting Ugh. to get hit hard. Take two getting hit hard so one thing to consider you've got to analyze from this perspective people think oh well if the deal doesn't go through it's going back to 65 dollars." and if the deal goes through it's going to 95 so i have a two to one risk reward people analyze at that because that's where it gapped up from on the deal but we're not in kansas anymore activision blizzard if the deal gets blocked for antitrust reasons and it's still going to be potentially those reasons it will not gap down to 65 it'll probably gap down to under 50 you're right you're so right. that's your risk. So you've got to basically bouncing is the deal gonna go through deal or no deal. I kind of think it's a coin flip. So I think the risk arb's kind of got it right. But as it gets up to 77, 78, 80 dollars, it becomes more skewed the risk reward to the downside, in my opinion. So I know there's huge upside, you know, and maybe the deal goes through, it's a good, a good chance to go through, but if it gets blocked, you're not going back to 65, folks. You're going back to probably 55 or 50. If the deal was to get blocked, you know what? hammer those stocks. You know
2: what? You know what? I I don't know if anyone's mentioned this, but you know what if uh, what if Microsoft walks away?
3: They can't. They they're not going to walk away. They're not going to no, walk this away. This isn't this isn't Elon Musk. This isn't Elon Musk. Microsoft is like we changed our
1: minds. Wait, 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 the yeah, the risk
3: here is antitrust. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They do their homework. They're not I, like oh I woke up no, one day I, and I, I wanted own Twitter.
1: No, Joel's. I mean they can. They, they're they not can. going to though. They they, they don't have okay. a history of
3: doing I, that. I, I think there's zero chance that Microsoft all of a sudden says we changed our minds, we're gonna pay it and we're out, and we're gonna get our lawyers and we're out. I think there's almost zero chance. This is Microsoft. Well, it's, it, it would hurt their whole credibility as a company,
1: maybe, you know, to just do stuff like that. Maybe if the earnings report from the other week wasn't what what was worse, like if, if they had a they could really bad quarter, but it really wasn't that bad. There's, so. there's
3: almost no yeah. chance of that happening, but the risk here is significant that there is antitrust concerns here. It's been mentioned. You're in a market environment where they are worried about the consumer. So could this get blocked? You know, Could it get blocked somewhere? Yeah, it could. And that's what the risk ARBs are pricing in. It's not that the risk that Microsoft's going to walk away. Twitter is the risk that Elon Musk might just go to bed, wake up and change his mind. That is a significant risk. But Activision Blizzard, the risk is that the deal gets blocked.
1: Yeah, um, it's fair. It's fair. So okay, I stand corrected. So he, so he wow. bought more Activision. Um, he bought more Chevron, and he bought more Oxy. Those are the three. And mm. we already know about the HPQ stake. Um, we already know about the the um. What, what, what was it was it Allegheny that, that they bought? Why yeah, uh, we, we bought already know y. about that. But why?
3: Why is already taken over, right? So uh, they sell
1: why? Uh, it's not no. He's buying why?
3: He's buying why? Why? Why is yeah. there, it's getting taken over? What's the, why? Why is it getting bought by somebody? I, I don't know what he what he'd be doing in that.
1: I no, I think isn't he the one doing it? Mm-hmm. Is he's he the, the, one, one, he's taking, he's the one? He's taking. He's taking. it. Oh, he's yes. the one that's taking it. I didn't know. Yes. It, I knew it's getting yeah, yeah, bought yeah. by somebody. Oh, no, no, yeah, he he is he.
3: <laughs> okay, so that's why he bought more because he's taking it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so he, I gotcha. So, so he yeah, bought. He is, yeah, is eleven point six billion. So he bought that. I and knew somebody was buying it. Right. Right. So <laughs> he's the he. In addition to the Allegheny and the uh, the HPQ,
2: added Oxy, added Chevron, and added Activision. Those are those are the big three. You know what? I'm looking at these and the Chevron. I mean it. This, I mean, the charts have turned a little bit, right? But this this Oxy, I don't. I might send Warren an email here because <laughs> I don't like this. I mean, what you got up to, you know, 63.56, yeah. and then What you get down to 51.50, that's like a 10-point move. If this thing doesn't get back over 57.50 and hold in a jiffy, and this economy's slowing down and people are going to be traveling and, you know, a recession, I mean, I, I don't like this chart. I mean, if it gets above, you know, 57.50 this week and holds, i like it a whole lot better. But that's, you know, that's an that amazing run. And it's starting to, you know, like you said, if they're going to start selling stuff. So the CVX, I I mean, that hasn't bottomed off. It's slow to move. But for you OXY people out there, please, please keep an eye on 5750. I would
3: not be buying the pullback in commodity stocks here. I think that they were crowded. I think the prices of oil is going. I think everything in prices is going to start to come down. So I think we're at peak inflation right now. And the reason I say this is is I talk to people. Talk to people, like like Kramer said. Get out there and and talk to people. Open the window. There, there's a lot of stuff that people are just like, no, I'm not doing that. I mean, like I give you a, multiple examples. My dad was going to build a shelf in his shop, so he goes up to, to Home Depot just you know, I'm going to buy the two by fours. They were 10.99 a two by four. We're in Canada, 10.99. He's like, no. Nah. He's like, I don't need the shelf that bad. That's demand destruction at its core. So he's like, no, I'll wait. I'm not going to build a shelf. You know, like I was saying, you know, I'm talking to builders, you know, I'm building a house, I'm talking to, you know, different people. There are jobs being lost everywhere. And it's not that they're losing bits to other people. It's that people are canceling jobs. My brother-in-law, you know, like, are just, you know, talking di- different things they're to do an addition. Well, that's on delay now too, because the prices of stuff is absurd. So people are delaying projects or potentially canceling projects because of the cost. That is going to show up eventually in prices. Prices of stuff will eventually come down because people are going to refuse or can't pay it. So we've had just too much. You know, it's been COVID excuse. Oh yeah, we're raising prices because of COVID, because of COVID. But eventually the greed from all these companies from just raising prices and in the private industry too, I'm talking about, is going to show up in demand destruction. So I do think you're at peak inflation right now. I believe that. And that's a good thing for the stock market. That's a good thing. So if if we get a, a CPI report that shows a little bit soft data next week, I, when is it next week? Uh, CPI, CPI data.
1: It's always like the middle of the month. It's I think it's the I think it's the tenth or eleventh. Yeah.
3: So okay, so you got ten or eleven days. I think you could still have some ugliness, but I think you're going to eventually get to that number, and it's not going to be that as bad as predicted. And that's going to be the green light where people start buying stocks, maybe. So I think you could have another seven, eight, ten days here of ugliness, but I do eventually think. There's going to be a buying opportunity it's here. So, crazy. if you're nibbling here, I'm not going to argue with you, but I the, the time to be full on bearish and sell everything was 3 4 months ago. You know, how many how long were we talking about? Like I'm 50% cash, 50% cash. 50%. Cash. How many times have I said that on the show? 100%. It's been like 5 months. I mean, and you, you it said was also
2: that um, about the because uh, I, I did a little article on it about um, you know waiting for the CPI data. Uh, well, I and did, that's when I, I, did... I
3: think I start getting off that level. That's when I start nibbling stocks. I did buy one stock in the long-term portfolio last week. Virtue Financial. It's been absolutely crushed. Why is I put that it back like this? Because in I... numbers, the the earnings were like good, but then they just decide to crush everything anyways. I mean, this stock is high-frequency trader. They make money. They'll actually be making more money right now because of the increase in volatility. It's coming back to a great support level of $28. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's got, it's, It's. you know, obviously it's the, ro- the wild card is payment stock. for order flow. They benefit from payment for order flow because they pay. They would say they don't benefit because they have to pay it, but then they're getting that flow and we can know that they get the edge on the orders from retail. But I mean, so that's the wild card, but it's got a decent dividend, three 3.3%. 3. I mean, this is a company that I the there's only
2: only here. one caveat here. There's, yeah. there's, there's less, less order flow. There's well, a lot less order flow. Well, that's
3: probably something to do with it as well. So, I mean, Robinhood, you know, not doing well is not great for Virtue either. But I, this is a stock that's like it's trading like a P of six guys, five or six. Now, maybe it's peak earnings for them right now. Maybe it's going to slow down, and maybe if everybody closes a retail account, it's going to get uglier here. But you know, I'm not saying I'm putting 100% of my wealth in it either. When I buy a no. new stock for the portfolio, I dump one, two, three percent. Disney is like four or five percent; it's a bigger position. Virtues to two, three, four percent. You know, and, and it's diversified, but not a trade. This is not in the trading account; it's a long-term investing account. But that's the only stock that I bought. So I'm like, there's so many other stocks. Yeah, I guess I, I added Disney earlier in the week, which was a mistake. But this was a mistake too. I mean, every time you buy a stock, they just seem to go lower the next day, anyway. So. But eventually what I'm trying to say, eventually I'm going to put a little more of that 50% cash to work. And I think that time's coming sooner rather than later. I'm not saying coming out and buying here right now. Um, I tried to say I was buying some stocks on Friday and I was like, I got stopped out on all that stuff. So that obviously didn't work. But long-term investing, I think if you're sitting with 100% cash, it's market could turn sometime. I think we're going to test and we're going to hit some stops under 4,000 now. I, I don't think, see any reason to be like a hero and say today's the bottom. But I'd get ready. Get you said 4,000?
2: Well, first things first is we got we, we haven't taken out the February low. We did get close to there this morning. We got to 41, 11 and a quarter. Um, I just – and I, I brought this up before. I just don't like the way it looks underneath that. And I went back and I was trying to find some levels. And when do you think I had to go back to? To find my next daily low to to put on my sheet, how March, far back do you think I had to go?
1: March twenty twenty. No, Spencer. Go back that far? Come on, <laughs> hasn't been that ugly.
2: <laughs> Spencer, we're not. We're not. A,
1: the, we're not the. the code where bomb. are
2: you at, Spencer?
3: If we were I, in March twenty twenty prices, right I'd buy everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, where? Where do you think? Uh, May about about a year ago, I got um May twentieth of okay. twenty one and then this is the rolling front month contract so you know you got to you know give or take but you know they didn't have the december tw- or the uh june 22 contract back then uh but it was 405050 50. and that's what you have under the 4093 and a quarter so first things first is we take out 4093 and a quarter it's just it's kind of a vacuum so when you said 4000 you know so you're talking about another 120 points yeah. you you just think we're going to I think we're going to hit those we we're going I to think, blow through we, the fab low. I think so. And then go to 4,000.
3: Okay. I think so. Okay. I just, Ooh. yeah. yeah. I, I don't see any reason to be the, like, we've come this far. We're taking out the March lows on the S&P. Right, I mean, right. There's okay. no way we're going to hold four ten sixty four 64 in spot. It's spot. It's, 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 you know, I guess there's okay. always a possibility. But I think we've come this far. We're taking out the March lows. We're going to hit those stops at least probably eventually go under four thousand just to hit whatever stops we can you know and where does that take us to like the date i've still got on my pencil is that cpi number because i don't think it's going to be as bad well, well as hold on now everybody on thinks now.
1: because between now and, and next wednesday we do have a, a fed meeting and a jobs report right. So more information coming yeah yeah
3: Information it's the fact is you're you know, it's the Fed going to get all
2: scared? You know, is the Fed going to get all scared because the market's going down? I I don't think so. I, think I don't they gotta think stick so. with they're the, tough. Man, I think they got to stick. They got to stick yeah, with what we're doing. They're,
3: they're tougher. They don't care about you know the the wealth effect as much as they care about inflation right now. And it's a very good point. I mean, this is you know serious a serious problem that the Fed is dealing with in the correct way. Interest rates had to go up. We had to slow it down. But I'm going to tell you right now, from what I'm
1: seeing, just from walking out there,
3: I think it's starting to work.
1: Uh, I, I just saw the stat uh, from Deutsche Bank, courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. Uh, net uh, call buying activity in single stocks hit their lowest levels since April 2020. So maybe that is a sign of the washout, right? It's just like no like just fewer YOLO call options right being purchased here because they're all worthless, right? Um so the 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 trading mania that that Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett uh Lambasted over the weekend seems to to be coming off here a little bit. It's come off a lot. Yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, you've seen and, and, you know, we can look at our retail accounts and obviously you can look at your investment account and say, man, I'm really getting killed. But there's people who are investing all this growthy stuff. There's uh, I'm not kidding. There's people who are aggressive growthy stuff that are down 60, 70, 80 percent. I mean, I'm complaining because, you know, your S&P's dropped seven or eight. I'm about the same thing, you know, and then I got half cash. I'm complaining about losing. I don't know what I lost in April in the investment account, but it's probably to the tune of four or five percent. But, you know, it pisses you off when you got your long term retirement account. You see it go down five percent in a month. It's still and you think you're conservatively invested. You know, it's not fun. But there has just been everybody. I mean, Kathy, what did she do in April? Somebody said she was down twenty eight percent. Is that right? I can look. Yeah, I I don't know if that's. Did she I mean, do anything on Friday, or
2: was she quiet um, on Friday?
3: She's buying the same chunk, I think. Let's go look. Sure. I was going to unsubscribe. You know, it's becoming like she's becoming more irrelevant. Like merck Jackson was saying, when you don't really, when you don't look at it anymore. We used to look at it all the time, and nobody yeah, cares. Really
1: now. Nobody cares up, what anyways. she bought. Uh, all right. Go look at her. Anyway, uh, yeah, her performance is bad. Is the bottom line. Uh, a thirty-three. We're gonna have Tim quast join us in a couple minutes here. I, I did want to briefly mention um, more bearish news uh, about new month, which means we do get uh, EV delivery stats from all the major uh, EV companies. And in China, no real surprise here. Uh, COVID lockdowns severely hampered those three major EV names, so Neo, Lee, and Xpong all reporting massive um, massive declines in production um, because there are lockdowns. So Neo reported a 50% decline in production from March to April. Uh, Xpong reported a 41% month-over-month decline. Lee reported a 62% month-over-month decline in production. Um, probably not that probably not like a super long-term problem here, assuming they come out of this eventually. But but speaking of headlines that are obvious, Mitch and I were talking, this was, a, this was an obvious headline, right? So those three stocks are all down this morning.
2: Obvious headline. You can't produce cars when you're on lockdown. Bottom line. And, you know, prices, I mean, going up. I mean, yeah. Ford, oh, boy. Did they pull the rug on that report? Was that Friday? Was that Thursday or Friday? When it was trading up in the pre market and well, had, GM too, yeah,
3: GM had okay numbers, but they've got it not. Yeah, that's, back down I mean, you well. gotta
2: pay. Oh, look at this number. And for you, GM people, if you want wait to until, wait until it gets above 39 and a half, I know that's two bucks away, but look at that four highs right there at 39 and a half. There's a good level. Ford, I haven't looked at wow, got the yeah, figure. Oh, nice round number 14 went to 13.90 on Thursday. Held up though, it made a higher low on Friday, so there's a little beacon of good news for uh for Ford shareholders on a relative basis, but it also got smoked on Thursday. So yeah, um, yeah, there's no there is and no, Tesla. No. We got to look at Tesla. I mean, you know, if if people are not going to be buying, you know, big ticket items and stuff. um, you know, uh, just that didn't...
3: breakdown after the Twitter deal, it took yeah. two days. They, they held it up on the first day, and you were worried about it, Joel, and you were absolutely correct. On the second day, they hammered it. And now it just sits here. It doesn't know what it wants to do. It's kind of glued to this whole 900 areas up, down, up, down, around for four days last week. It's starting to leak here again. I mean, high valuation, been a story stock for a long time. Can, you know, is this the breaking point? Because Musk, you know, they're worried that Musk is going to be busy with other stuff. I mean, or, you know, that he might potentially have to sell more shares to finance it. I mean, is this what's going to break Tesla? I mean, nothing's broken Tesla. You know, all the things that could potentially break Tesla. Is this actually what's going to do it? It's kind of ridiculous I mean, 40... if this is what's going to do it.
2: But, you know, if you think about it, I mean, even if he loses, you know, everything in it, in Twitter's, I mean, he's still got a couple hundred billion, right? If it, if like yeah. it turns out, Twitter shut down in a couple of years. Uh, or well, that's
1: I don't know. I, I don't the, think that. I, I do happen. know the vast majority of his net worth is tied
2: up in Tesla, but he does. Yeah. So but, I mean,
1: remember he owns SpaceX. SpaceX he does. SpaceX He's, has. Yeah, a, so
2: it's nothing he, if it goes out.
1: SpaceX has a valuation of what? Uh, of a hundred billion dollars. I'd
3: rather invest in SpaceX than
1: Tesla. I mean, mm-hmm. the upside in SpaceX is so much more than Tesla. I don't know. I, I I would balk at investing in any private company based on the private market valuations right now. Oh well, yeah, well they've, they've so, obviously been wrong about. So I I though. don't know. I don't know about that one. <laughs>
3: I just don't know what Tesla's still worth like a trillion dollars, isn't it?
1: What the hell no. is Tesla worth? No, it's not worth a trillion dollars.
3: Was it was at one time? Was it not? Didn't
1: yes. it hit trillion dollars? Yeah, I believe so. Close to uh, it? Not now. Just just um,
3: insanity. Like what people are willing to pay for things. Like that's what's coming off. And that's what's been coming off. And that's what's going to continue to come off because we're like, we know what we, we said, we hypothesized one year ago on this show, are we in, you know, March or April of the year 2000, where all these gross stocks are going to go down 80 to 90%. We hypothesized that, you know, I think there was even an article after we did it and I was showing the charts and the comparisons and that's proving to be correct. We were in the tech bubble burst, Tech, the tech bubble burst back one year ago. You only know when you look back, but people can say, oh, we're, it's, it burst. It didn't burst. The tech bubble burst back in, this this new tech bubble burst back in January 2021, literally 16 months ago. And it's been leaking and slowly leaking. We've had some nice rallies, but, you know, and obviously some of the stocks have made new highs, but growth tech, you know, popped out 16 months ago. And it's still, it's those stocks that continue to leak. It's those stocks that probably are never coming back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the Teladocs that were $300 a share. I mean, literally, I think it hit $300 a share. I mean, that back, yeah, January 2020, February 2021. I mean, it's 30 bucks. And there's going to be people that are looking at this like Kathy Wood and saying that this is eventually going back there. And it's going back. But, but I'm on the other
1: camp. I don't think it's ever going back there. Let's get Tim Qua's thoughts on all this. It's time for Market Structure Mondays. Let's bring Tim on right now.
0: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite.
1: Mr. Quest, uh, what is your... First of all, good morning. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, good morning. Yes, What, what is your Ice. take on the shellacking of last week and last month?
4: Uh... That you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting because <clears throat> you could you could take two positions along a spectrum, or I suppose anywhere uh, between them. So we're either going through what Dennis, you know, what Dennis said, and I, I agree, Dennis. I would go back to May of 2021, where as the way we measure broad market sentiment uh, <clears throat> works the momentum market ended and and there's a big gap between cause and effect you know it because it's a big market and it takes people a while to get there so on one uh hand you could say this is just a normal natural healthy process of resetting valuations to reasonable levels to your point about tesla 900 billion in market cap uh or Or you could go to the other extreme and it's possible. I'm going to, I'll float the idea. And I did this, uh, over, over the weekend with a couple of folks traded, traded notes with them. I said, you could also say that we're in a full blown financial crisis and we just don't know it yet. You know, we have this way of looking around for the signal that will tell us, well, these are the things that have to happen for a financial crisis to occur. But I think it's, it. That prudent people should look at it, so that you you're not caught out. I'm not I'm not uh, you know, inflating the 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 downside. That seems kind of, <clears throat> counterintuitive. What but makes I'm saying think? that we should, we should we should we should think about that. Well, because because the the Nasdaq had its worst uh, week since October 2008, and uh, and we are. We. Uh, I was listening to Mohammed Alaryan this morning on on CNBC. Muhammad's awesome. Yeah, he's a very very bright guy, and uh, and he pointed out that if you, you look over the last year, to you know, two, So we 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 increased the supply of currency by two trillion over the last two trillion dollars over the last year, and now the Fed is contemplating reducing it by a half trillion dollars over the next year. He said, "Well, that's a two and a half trillion dollar swing. What effect does that have?" on, uh, on financial assets. Well, we don't know. I mean, you could look around the planet and say that there are things to be concerned about that, that the yen is, uh, at a 30 year low versus the dollar. And they seem happy with that. The dollar is very, the dollar has the strength of, uh, that it would have during a financial crisis when people are looking for a place for shelter. Uh, the, the eurozone has really slowed down uh ch- china has slowed down so if you looked at all these things it wouldn't it be something and i look you it's part of the natural cycle for economies and you you i and you know a bunch of the audience here probably has never been through something like that they're that young but yeah. uh you have to think about the the fact that we have these signals that c- could tell us that we're we're right on the edge just entering a financial crisis, and it has to do with the extraordinary effort that we took to prevent one during the pandemic. Well, you can delay it, but you're still going to have to go through it. So somewhere in between those two is where we are, I think, well, Spencer.
3: Well, and there is a good point to be made there. You could take it back even further than that. I mean, look at what they did in 2007, 2008, and 2009. Did they change anything or did they just throw more money at the problem? I mean, we kicked the can down the road back then as well, and now we've been you know, kicking the can for another 10 years, and then we really started booting the can hard during the COVID crisis here. I mean, they've given the market so much liquidity and so much free money that you're taking some of that back, it's got to have some repercussions.
4: Absolutely. What we used as extraordinary measures to prevent the collapse of the global payment system in 2008, what that means, by the way, people, is that uh, and traders, this matters to you because what you do in the equity market, because we're talking about short term uh, trading as opposed to long term investing for the most part on this program. I mean, there are occasions when we don't. But uh, uh, what that means is that you could go to the ATM and nothing would come out. So it was that severe. And then the policies that we used to address something of that severity became normal policies. So at some point, there will be a consequence from that. I, I realize that the modern monetary theorists believe that there are currency creators and currency users and that you can balance those things out. But I think that we're experiencing uh, the fact that you cannot, that you cannot deprive people of the value of their currency by creating too much of it and everything will just work out what will happen is you will form bubbles Uh, we i would call it a pandemic bubble where all the stuff that thrived during a pandemic when people are working at home and their behaviors are altered uh traded at extraordinary extreme levels and then the air comes out of that and at the end of it you realize. Well, I, I have less capacity to consume things now than I did before. And that's a condition that we're going to have to address. I mean, workhorse is trading at $3. You know, there's an example.
3: I mean, there's a bazillion examples of that in the growth tech. You know, the story stocks column. You know, what yep. was a cool story in 2020 2021 that was just going up, you know, and it didn't make money? All those stocks, anything storied really, really got hit the hardest. But, you know, yep. they're but they're coming for the value stuff now, too, Tim. I mean, we've seen a turn here in April. You know, it wasn't yep. ugly for a lot of stocks. A lot of commodity stocks were making new highs in March. I mean, you had a lot of value names that were just, you know, seemingly going up forever. And it seemed like yep. the place to be. But it's turned there, too, now. And maybe we should jump into market structure edge and start looking at some of these value stocks. Maybe it's just go, can you look at Berkshire <laughs> Hathaway? Is that a, a stock in your universe to look at? Because it's not oh, really a stock.
4: Sh- should be let's, yeah. Uh, so let's maybe see we here.
3: should look at that because here you know we were talking about how mm. good Warren had it, how good he was doing. Right. I couldn't even understand Apple was going down, but Berkshire yeah. was still coming up. Well, that has
1: it, tune it, has it, changed here it now. Could have been because he was buying, like maybe.
3: But we're right. three sixty down to three twenty here in the course right. of about five weeks. I mean, that is a tidy little fifteen percent sell off for the world's greatest investor. Um, right 12, or thirteen percent. So Berkshire has now turned
4: as well too. So we have the B shares, <clears throat> the a shares that's, that's good. The is good. Yeah. It so um, in, fr- from a market structure perspective, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy BRKB right now because uh, demand is falling and supply is rising. Those things don't tend to produce gains. But if you backed up, clearly this was a great time where demand is is soaring and supply is declining, that's that's where you, that's in any market traders, here's your great lesson. Wherever the money is, that's where you wanna be. And then you trade the things that have the best supply demand characteristics. And here's a way to look at to look at it. So, uh, you know, edge mob, you will know this, but here's what you would do. You say, well, okay, well, consumer staples uh, might be a good place to be. If I look at the supply demand balance, it's not great even for the whole group. There are 133 stocks in it, but you could do this. You could say, well, let's go look at the whole group and let's isolate down to the things that have rising demand and constrained supply. So that's what I would do. And I'll tell you, this is kind of interesting. So I would come over here to the D trend, the demand trend is I only want stuff that's going up. Um, and uh, I might make a couple of other adjustments to this, but I only get eight stocks. Right, even in 132, oh, you get eight, it's eight, there are only eight of them with Gosh. rising demand. And I would look at them and say, well, out of these, there's a down, a down and a down. So if I'm looking at the data and that's a 1.8. So I'm not buying Cody, even though you could say, you know, it's a consumer stapler. People are going to buy makeup probably but but it's a 1.8 i look at this and say well price smart is is, is a possibility of 63 uh, supply not doing it so then i'm down to really lifeway i mean there's, there's stock one stock out of
3: 132 I,
4: <laughs> out of all the stocks i would say there's one stock that would interest me see that rising demand falling supply there is one stock that has a reasonable probability of rising right now out of 133 wow. in the place where the money is going, consumer staples. That is a great barometer for the market. Uh, there's, there, and it, t- it tells you something. Now, I think we could get some new month, new money. There are people, you know, including myself, uh, although we're packing stuff in cash, I've asked our, even our long-term, our financial advisors hold stuff in cash. I don't want to just throw it into them. To the you know the smoking hole in the ground, <laughs> but there are going to be inflows from retirement plans that tend to come in a, in the first part of the month and they get deployed. So you could have a couple of good days. But I look at the data and say, uh, the, uh, one of my favorite lines: pr- "The prudent foresee evil and hide themselves." If I can only find one stock out of 133 in the sector where the money is going that looks good, well then well, you're, you should go to Charlie Munger. You know you don't want to. You don't want to do uh, stuff that makes you look bad. (laughs) So, you know, right now, I think it makes you look bad to plow much money into the market.
3: And it makes you look bad to call the bottom because, I mean, I've tried a couple of times here. I think we're getting a little bit of a turn. I'm going to try some stock longs. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it looks good for about two hours. And they pull the rug out from under it. It's like, I just got caught in yet another sucker's rally. I mean, there have been so many so many in the last year really even we can talk since November for the majority of stocks but obviously yep. in the growthy names it's been 16 months since
4: a lot of these stocks have topped out and every rally has been a sucker's rally the nasdaq is now for the trailing year the trailing 12 months is down about 8% uh and so the s p 500 is now down for the full trailing year which is a remarkable thing uh when you think about all of the people who are trading and that you know the explosion from about 65 million uh retail trading accounts at various firms to at the peak of the pandemic uh frenzy there were over 100 million retail accounts that's come down a little bit uh but a lot of these folks and and look you some of you are listening to this and thinking uh, this has been a disaster. Well, it's you know, welcome to the the uh, yin and yang of the stock market. It's, I got a kick out of that something that, and that's not that I'm I'm neither a fan nor not of, of of Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. And for those of you who didn't follow that, you know, Berkshire Hathaway doesn't hold an earnings call. They put out a press release on Saturday, and Warren Buffett holds forth one year, holds court. One, uh, one time a year and uh, describes what they're doing. And they pu- publish a 10Q that talks about their positions even before they have to report them for the quarter. That would be about the middle of this month following the 13F regimen in the market. And, uh, and the, you know, they don't have an IR person, uh, but uh, they sit and talk. And so, you know, Charlie Munger said we've had a lot of people in the, in the stock market who don't know anything about the stock market who are being advised by brokers who know even less. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure how much of that is true, uh, yeah, but yeah. it's, you know, there's, there's a point here about making sure that you understand what you're doing. And as a self-serving plug, that's why we, we launched Market Structure Edge. It's to help you understand how the market works today. And yeah. uh, I do agree that intermediaries... There are so many intermediaries in the stock market uh, and they all make money Well, you don't. There are You're all saying. of the the, the, the market, ma- you know, the whole system is built around market making. A broker will be a party to every transaction. And then many of those uh, before y- you are even party to them. And and so 60 percent of trading volume comes from parties who are just supposed to be advisors, not participating Uh, In the market, and then you got the stock exchanges, the dark pools, all of these are the shareholder owned or broker operated middlemen who take a little piece. And when you have so much intermediation, they all do well and you don't.
3: It's been the way for so long. And I mean, it's just kind of moved. Like if you think back, you know, the intermediation going back 30 years ago, your stockbroker would take 1% in, 1% out, or maybe it's 1% or half a percent and half percent out. But 1%, like you put 100 grand, something, they take a $1,000 for making that trade. That sounds like so archaic, like so like long, but but the intermediation just changed. I mean, the money now it's it's gone. And, you know, obviously, we know payment for order flow facilitates that you know, where they can make the spreads and, you know, obviously yep. rip off the liquidity providers. I mean, this is just kind of, you know, moved where this intermediation is still there. It's just kind of changed its form.
4: I, I completely agree. It's a great way to see this. So you'd say 1% is just horrible. Tor- right? Well, why would we pay 1% for something? And uh, uh, well, think about it this way. It's, it's, it's a metric that we put on the edge platform. We track intraday volatility. I think it's a great way to think about that the, the amount of money intermediaries are making. So here's the EV group, you know, and I uh, there are 13 components here. And uh, he, Tesla's about in the middle, 2.6 and trending down, uh, 40, 44% short. I think it actually is down to about 38 now. So all the shorts are covering. But look at this, this volatility category. Let me zoom that in so that is the amount that the price moves from high to low every day that's what people are making off of you you wow. could take yeah. roughly roughly 60% of that so you say well 1% is i'm just getting job no you're not you're getting job by the market <laughs> that's it and i used this example last week in the in the demo for edge users that you know if something has divergent supply and demand and it's intraday volatility is 4% and it goes down 4% I'm buying that. Why? Because there's almost a 100% chance that I make at least two because it will recover because intermediaries know the spreads. They know the ranges, and they're going to make money on that. So it's something you should know, traders. That's you it. should know how much the price moves because you can you can use it to your advantage
1: just like they do. All right, Tim Kloss, MarketStructureEdge.com, link in description. I highly recommend everyone check it out. Tim, have a great one. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. All right. See you guys. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Just once again, I know we mentioned this earlier, but I want to bring up the earnings calendar for the week. Uh, The theme of earnings this week, I'm going to say it's it's travel. Um, A lot of companies that facilitate travel or traveling are going to be reporting uh, companies like Airbnb, uh, Caesars Entertainment, MGM Studios or, or MGM Resorts uh, is tonight Marriott, Uber, Lyft, World uh, uh, Caribbean. Um, so you, you got a Sea World, you got a lot of travel, Tripadvisor, uh, just a lot of of travel based companies. I, I think I, mean, I think that's
3: a sector that could have decent numbers. Because it's yeah. looking back, like I said, like it, like people want to get out there and they want to do stuff. And you know, they've been cooped up and they're helping build their home. So that stuff got hit first. I still think there's like people that want to go out and do stuff though, and they're not going to cancel yep. their vacation because I haven't went on vacation in two years. So I mean, this is you know, I think the numbers from those travel stocks could actually be surprising to the upside. With that being said, I don't know if it's gonna be sustainable though. And that's where discretionary income comes in. That's where the consumer strapped a little bit. And Like, are they going to just be going out and, you know, booking trips six months a year from now? I'm not sure going forward. But looking back, and the quarters, obviously, it's what an earnings report is. It's a look back. I mean, I think over the course of the last few months, people have been traveling and doing stuff more. So I think you could see some surprising numbers to the upside in some of those stocks.
2: Joel,
1: I feel like you had something to add, and then you got...
2: Oh, I was just when I was thinking about Uber and Lyft. Um, I just didn't know with, um, you know, the price of gasoline and everything, how that had like affected the drivers and everything. If people are, you know, they're just passing that on to the customers, so probably it was already a lot more expensive than cabs and everything. So, uh, the, the hotels and stuff, yeah, um. You know, we'll see what the car rentals. That, that's that been one part of the market. I actually, Barron's wrote that up uh, about um, the cruise lines that they uh, Joy being you, kind of ignored. You, you can't quit it, can you?
4: <laughs>
2: you well, can't quit It's, it's the last week. It's the last
1: oh, okay, week. Okay, okay, all right. Okay. If you say so. That's
2: support. I mean, CCL. I mean, good support here. 17 bucks. I don't know about RCL, CL, but uh, that was one thing they mentioned.
1: All right, let's do some ticket time. Uh, first one I see here. Anyone have any opinions on Avis earnings? Well, maybe I should look up when that is before I even say anything. So, car reports. Is it this week? It looks like it. It's, uh... Yeah. It, oh, that's today. That's after the close today. Avis. I didn't realize sure. that. Okay.
3: Yeah, I do have it on my list. It's number All three right. on my list, actually. Whoops. I do not know. Um...
1: Oh, yeah. Man, that.
3: this stock was, you know, obviously we saw what happened to Hertz and then you think, and then it was the wrong thing, and then it had the ridiculous. It became a meme stock, and then it had the ridiculous move from 100 to 545 dollars on that famous day back in November. K- could Avis have a surprise numbers to the upside? It could. This is just like one of those, you know, social media darlings now, though. That I'm scared of those stocks. So it's come. I think off I'm just off. not even yeah. going to try to make yeah. a call on stock.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's come down pretty, you know. So there's on a pop. I think you're going to find sellers here just because you got over 320. Wow, look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six lower highs. So just people just trying to get out. Could have sold on strength and then it turned to selling uh, on weakness. Uh, must hold down at, uh, oh, that 260. Keep an eye on that if uh, you're worried about more downside. You had three lows right at the 260 area. You breached that on Thursday. Uh, But held it on Friday. So 260 and then all those daily highs.
1: What about CrowdStrike for Keith McKinley here? Keith Uh, McKinley. Cyber had been one of your few safety areas. It obviously came off hard in the last couple of weeks, But um, I don't know. Valuation
3: has started to matter. It's been the story, you know, like the Palo Altos and all of them have been forgiven. Because we're still in this whole cybersecurity, you know, where it, it, it's needed. I mean, there's no doubt it's needed. you get these phishing stuff to your emails every single day. So there's demand there. But the valuations on these stocks are still very high. And they're coming for that stuff now, too. Even if, you know, the story is still hot, the valuations are starting to matter so much. I mean, CrowdStrike, I don't even know if they make money. So, I mean, it's hard to even value when you don't make money but you, yeah I mean gotta get it back
2: above to uh 198 three lows in a row around. I mean I just you know I don't like these kind of charts where you break down uh you broke down through 198 on Friday you're trading down so use that one use yesterday's low wow was that that was a big day uh gotta get above 198 just don't look so open between 198 and 180. Um, don't like don't like the way that charts looks.
1: What's the like PE on it if it makes money? Uh, all right, give me two seconds. Uh so, 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 Oh god! Oh, that is so. Uh, I don't want to tell you; it's way too high. <laughs> Still, it, it's it's in it's triple figure three. That's figures. the problem. Yeah.
3: Is this stuff and the growth could be there? I do believe that this is an industry that the growth could actually catch up to the names. But right now they're just you know looking simple Simon analysis. It's like triple digit PE equals sell. I mean that's really what it is. So sometimes again this market that can you know you know go and look and say well eventually it's going to grow into that. This is not the market that's doing that though right now. So I would sell all rallies and
1: CrowdStrike. All right, it is nine o'clock, everyone. So we we got to hop here. Um, I, I hope we weren't too. Negative, I, I think, think we were positive. Alarmist, yeah. I was I, like saying, I, I feel like yeah. inflation is gonna slow, I feel like that's
3: working. I think I, I thought it was not bullish, but I thought it was trying to be positive here. The ultimate
1: negative. irony would be if inflation does come down and the market goes with it, and then that would just be like, you, you, you I, can't think, you I can't. think
3: once you see a soft inflation number, there's gonna be a wicked, wicked, okay. wicked rally off of that. So, you- I'd be scared to be short going into that CPI
1: data next week if it's next week. We shall see. Hey, before we go, hey, I'm um, gonna
2: hop, I'm gonna let you guys go. I got a lot of yeah. symbols to come over there, and uh, go, the Brentster is joining me. Uh, uh, the Brentster briefing with Brent, so I'll oh, check in nice. with you guys Amazing later
1: on. With Brent, before I go, want to mention I mentioned this a few times as well. The last couple weeks, if you haven't checked out our redesigned Benzinga.com slash pre market page. You definitely should check it out. Uh, It's got everything you need, really, when you come in in the morning. It's got movers. It's got news. It's got ratings. You can even watch our show. You go to Benzinga.com slash pre-market. You click on this little tab there. It's says pre-market prep. You can watch us right there, right? So this page is great. Newly redesigned. Shout out to our team for that. It looks great. It is great. There's a lot of uh, info on that page. Check it out. Benzinga.com slash pre-market. Uh, also, we are coming up now. The FinTwit conference is next week, if you can believe it. I'm going to drop a link in the chat right now. The link will get you $200 off your ticket. There is the link, the link. Check it out. There. You have a couple of days, a couple more days to um, to, to use that link, uh, and it's going to be an, an amazing two-day conference next week in Vegas. I'll be there. And come hang out with Benzinga and learn and uh, and network and, and have some fun. So uh, that'll be a wrap for our show today. Uh, thanks to Tim Quast. Thanks to all of you in all of our chats. Thanks to all of you who watched on YouTube and on, 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 on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and wherever else uh, the people are watching. Uh, don't forget to uh, drop us a like. I'd appreciate a thumbs up wherever you're watching the show. And um, I'm going to send you over now to live trading with Benzinga, Mitch. Ryan knows you need today's. said he said he's feeling a little bit sick, but you got Mitch and Ryan. I'll try to stop by if I can for a few, and uh, that's it. So, good luck out there. Try to stay green and have a good one.